Well, dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Yeah, and you are listening to Candare Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture like yours truly, Cowabunga! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. I'm still Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his comic currently running on Kickstarter until June 30th, which has been described as Sopranos meets Rick and Morty. So what more of a setup do you need? It tastes great together. Am I right? right A comic called Italiano. Uh, Mike Bloom, thanks for being with us, Mike. Oh, man, thanks for having me. We got a good show for you today at our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about, in honor of uh, the release of Wonder Woman, our favorite heroines from throughout pop culture. Uh, a lot of awesome, powerful ladies and villains out there. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with this category. <laughs> a lot of trouble. Did uh, everybody? I know you didn't see Wonder Woman yet. What no, about no, you, no. Mike? Have you seen Wonder Woman? I haven't. I'm planning on seeing it this weekend. So. Okay. Cool. Well, we won't spoil no spoilers for anybody. But yeah, it's crazy how she was working with internal affairs the whole time. I mean. Oh, come on, Jay. Come on. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> oh, and then we're going to swing the door open to the comic vault. What do you guys have here? Free comic book day issue of the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's not what I'll be talking about. It's oh. got a uh, issue of the Defenders in the backside. Oh, boy. Son of a bitch. Right here. <laughs> this guy. What about you, Jake? And I am holding the uh, first two issues of Lonesomes, Ooh. which we have discussed in the past, and it is well worth discussing again. Uh, at very, uh, yeah, at very much a treat. So uh, a couple of the books we'll be talking about there. Uh, Jack said we have a hero this week. Yeah. A little segment that seems to pop its head out of the water every <laughs> now and then. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Mike and talk about Italiano. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. Show me what you got. What you've got. Grab. Taste bad. Yeah. Not cool. Disqualified. All right. Before we get started, uh, one thing for, we forgot to do. Jake? Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever wondered where you might find more of your favorite podcasters? Candare? Where, Jake? We'll try our website, stupid. <laughs> Candarepodcast.com. <laughs> I know, right? So obvious. Uh, you can check out our special guest page, which we're very proud of. We've got links to our page on Society6, where we're selling some excellent merch. That's society6.com slash Podcast. Um, visit us at our contacts page if you want to get in touch. Always an option. Uh, and be sure to follow us on all our social networking. Twitter, at Candarepod, and Instagram, at Canned underscore Air. Also, Lots of tasty treats waiting for you on our YouTube page before too long. Mm. This time we're serious. <laughs> yeah, really got work some cut out for me. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's going to be a long one. We recorded the first episode of Candair Arcade uh, just yesterday. So here in a few, within a few weeks, I'd say we'll have something yeah. up. Uh, Hang on. Should we watch. just like shorten that to the Arcade? Candarcade. Look at you! I'm just thinking, you know. This is why we pay this guy the (laughs) big bucks. That's why they feed me sometimes, a couple (laughs) days a week. So, Candarcade. I like it. I like it. Sweet. All right. Let's talk about some uh, women in pop culture here. Who do we have on our list? 
Now, I've been thinking about this one, and I'm hesitant to bring her up because I don't know if she qualifies as a hero or villain, but she's been in comics. She's all over the place. She's a pop culture fixture. I've always liked Elvira. Ooh, okay. I know that's, you know, kind of... I don't, I, I don't think she qualifies as a heroine, so... No. Uh, next! <laughs> next! Oh. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> no, I, uh, I really dig Elvira, and I hadn't seen her in years. She was on Comic Book Men. Uh, for an episode, and it's funny. You would think she would look very aged. She doesn't. She doesn't. No. Well, I, I saw her on. Uh, what was it Counting Cars? You ever watch that show? On, no. Uh, they, it's a guy that he takes old cars and fixes them up. But they did a, a car for her. And really? Yeah. She doesn't look like. It's she's crazy, aged, isn't it? Well, yeah. Must be all the formaldehyde embalming <laughs> process. And it doesn't look like she's had work done. That's the the. Crazy I don't think part she has. Her. No, she was on uh, Talking Dead uh, as one of the guests. You know, out out of her Elvira gear, and uh, yeah, she. I mean, she does look a little bit older, but yeah, well, not not what you would expect. Can't help that you hear it in her voice a little bit, but yeah, she's that, aged yeah. very gracefully. Yep. I actually I saw her um, when I was in Austin at Texas Frightmare. It's a little horror convention, not really? a huge operation, but she was there. Uh, Angus Grimm was there. No, the line wrapped around the block. Oh, yeah, but, I'm sure. Yeah. Saw her from a distance. Well, like an exhibit at a museum or something. Like, oh, With Elvira cool. from a distance, you still get a good view. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. You are limited by the curvature of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Oh, I, got, I tried to pull out some different ones. So I've got Eon Flux. Oh, Ooh, wow. wow. I didn't even think about that. Not nice that I know call. anything about it, but... Uh... Very cool. It's the woman with the strongest eyelashes in all of sci Yes. Or <laughs> fly right in their eye. Yeah, she was what? cool as hell. Yeah. When that came out, I was like a little too young to watch it. Like, I, t- I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I watched it anyway. It's a lot of um, mind-altering was... substances while watching that one <laughs> yeah, when it was... it was on. I don't think I've ever uh, seen it. It's good old liquid television on MTV. Yeah, that was great times, man. It was awesome. Hmm. I'll have to look that up on YouTube. I mean, I, I remember it. I remember it being on, but I don't think I've ever watched it. And it was cool because at any given episode, like, she didn't often win. You saw her die a lot, if I'm really? not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, they, they, the creator said that he did that because he kept thinking it was going to be the last episode, and they kept getting him to do more and more. <laughs> more. <laughs> so it's just like, man, I did, like, six episodes. She died at the end, and then they'd be like, no, 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 just do another one. You know, it's like, okay. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy how that happened. So she ended up being the Kenny of the series. <laughs> yeah. Dies yeah. every episode and comes back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so maybe a little more competent than Kenny was, but yeah, same yeah, general that's true. Yeah, Jack, what about you? Uh, I never knew much about her, but from watching the second Daredevil series, Elektra. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. She was from the Elektra movie and the first Daredevil movie. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Garner didn't yeah, get to shine the best of light on Elektra. No, but that, that chick that did it in the, the second Daredevil uh, what, season, she was pretty cool, pretty badass. I could almost roll with that Daredevil movie if it wasn't for that stupid-ass teeter-totter scene. Hey, yep. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, like exactly, a, yeah. She's like, I am out at this just point. Just spar because... in the middle of the daytime with a blind guy. and boy. Yeah, because at the end, the, the fight between uh, Daredevil and Kingpin, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a good fight. Was that Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin? It King was. Yeah. And he was so good. And he beat the ever-living piss out of him. It <laughs> yeah. was... Man, it was good. Man, I thought I saw Wilson Fisk in real life a couple weeks ago. I was coming out of the grocery store, I think, and there's this guy that he was probably about four foot wide and six foot tall, maybe a little taller, <laughs> bald, and he had a cane. 
Really? Just walking around. Yeah. I didn't see what he looked like from the front from behind. Was he wearing white? Yeah, white t-shirt. But I was like, holy (laughs) shit, that guy could go for it. Wow. He missed the door and just walked directly through the wall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. Who have I got here? Um, Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. Mm, oh, good yeah. call. She was she was uh, always one of my favorite rangers. Aside from the fact that you just crushed on her so uh, hard, yeah. she was uh, she she held her own. She was awesome. Do a bunch of backflips and kicks all the time. High kicks. Yeah, do a lot of yeah. kicks. Uh, how about a Ahsoka Tano? Oh, oh man, geez, I didn't oh, think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. She, she's one of my she favorites. Cool as hell. One of my uh, fiction crushes there. Like, got it bad for Ahsoka. It calls to mind another one, but I'm going to let you take that one. I'm not going to. Ruin it for oh, you. Oh man! I'm gonna yes. let you have that oh. one because I got one. I'm I think probably my favorite. I'm, I'm willing to call her a heroine in almost any setting. Is uh, Agent Scully? Oh okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, just she was cool. The image of like <clears throat> collected cool professionalism in the face of overwhelming evidence, which she refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> I love how dedicated. Um, what's her name again in real life? Uh, uh, Jillian Anderson. Yes, her and his name, David Duchovny. Duchovny. David Duchovny. How dedicated they are to their roles in the X-Files franchise. Because, you know, not only did they come back and do that uh, that short uh, extra season, yeah, yeah. but they also were doing, I think someone on the show talked about it, there was an audio book that was uh, covering I remember cases that. that were either... Was like cold cases or something like that's that? That's exactly what it was. Cold cases in the X-Files. And oh, they were cool. coming on and actually doing reading their parts. Oh, that must have been cool. Yeah. I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't heard it yet, but I, I really want to. So that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Mike, what about you? Um, I got another one here. I don't know if you guys know Magic. She's uh, one of the newer X-Men. No, I don't know her. Big sword, and she opens portals to Limbo. Deals with demons and stuff. She's really cool. She's actually the sister of Colossus. Oh, sweet! I was just seriously about to ask, you know, what family member to <laughs> a pre-existing character? They always are, but awesome. Yeah. So she, but she doesn't have like the uh, like metal skin or the skin tanium no arm. Just a uh, huge sword and some magic. But she's really cool. I can get behind that. Yeah, sounds right up our alley. Yeah. Jake, what do you got? Squirrel Girl. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Plucky attitude, you know. Squirrel Girl is like uh, picking up Deadpool, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Those comics are one shot, a lot of fun to read. You don't have to um, jump into other heroes' stories yeah. every once in a yeah. while. And... I've only ever read the one where she uh, takes on Galactus and wins. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty uh, It was pretty funny how she did it, I, but I, I don't remember. She somehow lured him. With acorns or something. <laughs> I don't remember. But it was kind of ingenious how it ended up. Happening. Yeah, I I was impressed by the uh, art because I was like, "How's this going to happen?" Yeah. And remember, the cover of that comic was done up like a uh, Street Fighter game in eight bit, like with them <laughs> yeah. opposing each other. Oh, so cool! Yeah. yeah, how awesome! It's nice every now and again to walk away from a comic and not be depressed for the rest of your day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or just left on a like an ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it's nice to leave a comic. Uh, that's ended sadly. Like, oh, that yeah. was nice. Yeah. It's like the day a week you let yourself get fast food for breakfast. You're like, oh, not all the time. Yeah. That was that was enjoyable. <laughs> Jack, what about you? Tarangalila. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. yeah. I crushed on her too. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. 
the I think most of them, I think we all have at some point. It's funny uh, how frequently they flaunt those girls nude on uh, Futurama. (laughs) They don't skip an opportunity, do (laughs) they? They really don't. But there's just as much of the dude's nudity, too. Yeah, true. (laughs) I remember the whole crew, they were at some... I think it was like a Comic-Con type of thing or something, and Bender, uh, Bender entered himself in a cosplay competition. And he was like, what are you supposed to be, Bender? And he's like, every nerd's fantasy, baby. And he's just, like, dressed as Lilo with, like, a purple ponytail. And, like, <laughs> was it, like, cantaloupes or something stuffed uh, in a T-shirt? Have you guys ever seen there's a uh, video on YouTube of, like, the live-action Futurama? Yes. Yep. No, I haven't. It it's, well, yeah. sounds frightening. It's like a low production, but done very, very well. Fry looks just like Fry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they all look really good, but Leela with that big eye is really off-putting. Like, <laughs> shows you, like, if it was real, like, how off-putting it yeah. really would be. Like, oh, God. <laughs> it's hard to make a Cyclops look normal, I guess. Wouldn't your contacts be the size of, like, dinner bill. plates? <laughs> yeah. uh, who else we got, guys? I got uh, Furiosa. Oh, man. Who's that? From the the new Mad Max, Fury Road. Oh, okay. Boy, I have never been able to really get into Mad Max. Really? I like them. They're, that they're new movies, movie is, but... you got to give that a shot. That new movie is incredible. Even if you just watch oh. it for cars and stuff. Like, the amount of stuff they made for that movie was oh, just man. insane. I, I've seen it, and I really enjoyed it. It's just um, it's just a lot of driving, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first time I... I remember the first time I saw it, I was I was afraid my testicles might explode about half an hour in, <laughs> but it would be worth it because oh my God, Furiosa's got to be like the ass kickingest character in recent action cinema, badass like diesel punk synthetic arm. Yeah, God damn, that's the greatest. I remember watching just before Fury Road came out, watching uh, what, Mad Max Two. Uh, Road Warrior? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching it, I was like, man, there was not a lot of dialogue in that movie. No. And then watching the new one, it was pretty much right along with it, too. I was like, man, they did it perfect then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Same director, you know? He just did it the same way he did it before, just had better better budget. Yeah. (laughs) Better effects. (laughs) I've always enjoyed uh, post-apocalypse movies. From the director of Babe, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, my God. Uh, Let's see. uh, Here's one that I... I really enjoy this character, and she came up, I think, on last week's episode, maybe. Emma Frost. Oh, yeah. She's always been one of my favorites. Uh, just the fact that she can turn to diamond, like, just yeah, impenetrable, yeah. and uh, just a psychic ability. Just a really cool character. Also, don't mean to interrupt you, but I apologize in advance for when you're editing this, and my every reaction to everyone's contribution is, oh, yeah, because <laughs> I just realized. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a bunch of takes and just throw those in the whole show. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Jake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But Emma Frost, she's cool as hell. No yeah. no pun. That was not intentional. That <laughs> <laughs> was stupid. She's cold as ice. Whoa. Uh, anyone else, Jack? I got one staring at me since we've been here. Well, I always staring at me. Uh, oh, Princess wow. Leia. Oh yeah, that took a little while. Yeah, she's a she's a good one. It's almost sad oh, now. It's say. hard to feel, yeah. feel bad. Like, oh, oh yeah. I made myself sad. <laughs> yeah, did you guys uh, read that? Like, uh, you know how the Force Awakens was Han's movie, and uh, the Last of the Jedi is going to be Luke's movie. Not the last movie was supposed to be hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And obviously they can't do that now. That so is yeah, a shame. that's a big uh, kick yeah. in the nads right there. Sucks. But uh, what about Ray? Speaking of Star Wars, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. she's been a uh, great uh, character. I think I've really enjoyed her character. She's really, really likable. Like right mm. from the start, you feel it's weird. She's got this combination of like a kind of childlike energy. Right. Like there's an element of innocence, but it's not the defenselessness that usually comes with that. Right. You know, she's capable, she's fearsome, but she's got this sort of sense of wonder when she experiences these new things that I think is, it's almost like the character you live vicariously through. Mm-hmm. Like, ha- her having that attitude helps you feel like you're part of the setting. You're like, wow, look at all of this. You know, it, right. it, it helps to have a character like that sometimes. She's been a uh, great addition, and I can't wait to find out her story, you know, yeah. where she comes from, because you know there's something. <laughs> The amount of expression she portrays, like when Kylo's trying to read her mind and she turned it right back on him yeah, with that scowl, mm-hmm. you feel that one all the way through the <laughs> screen. I don't remember who it was. If we we were talking to somebody on the show within the last episode or two, or if it was someone I was talking to at work, but uh, a complaint about Ray was just how quickly she mastered everything yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. Like, the Millennium Falcon was flying it. Like, amazingly within minutes, uh, picked up a lightsaber and holding her own against a... What is Kylo? Is he considered Sith or just a Knight of Ren? He's a Knight of Ren. He is Neo-Sith. He's like the new metal of Sith. He's he's (laughs) corn. A little bit of industrial music in the back of hard rock. (laughs) Rammstein. I'm more of a Scandinavian black metal guy myself. Uh, Now we're just splitting hairs. Um, well, here's one that I had on my list that's just kind of uh, easy. Low-hanging fruit there, Batgirl. Oh. Gotta love Batgirl, right? Oh, yeah. The the <laughs> one from uh, Batman and Robin. What's her name? Christina. Oh, oh I was thinking um, Barbara Gordon. Right? Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, oh, yeah, Alicia. That's right, yeah. That, oh, that yeah. Batgirl okay, we're talking. was fucked up. <laughs> Alfred's niece. Alfred's niece. Like, <laughs> why? And it's like discovering the secret that Bruce Wayne is Batman, therefore gives her the power to become a crime fighter. Mm-hmm. And Don't Alfred, they, like, walk in on her wearing a suit already? It's like, oh, hey, guys. Well, no, like, she finds the secret. She finds the disc in Alfred's desk that, like, has all the secrets. Like, she puts a CD-ROM in and all the blueprints to all the all the weapons and yeah, the Alfred fucking had vehicles a suit waiting for her come much. flickering on the screen. Like, why would the ROM do that to begin with? When you have to go digging for that? But and that's not that's even how, how computer works. screens work. Right. It's just, <laughs> she stumbles into the Batcave, and he comes on the big screen. I anticipated you'd find this cave there's an outfit for you get to it you know yeah. I like it doesn't have nipples like yeah, they, yeah no <laughs> what a bummer <laughs> could have been the saving grace of the character yeah. right there yeah. that would have been a great movie otherwise yeah. <laughs> I hope that doesn't come across sexist does that come across sexist well that's just good humor yeah. <laughs> okay I'm inclined to agree <laughs> equal rights uh, we all have nipples do you want to yeah. do you want to take the floor on Ashi <laughs> for this one yeah, go ahead. We'll, okay. we'll share the floor on this one because I, I think it. we're both equally in love. And if she were real, I think we'd be kind of clawing at each other's eyes for her. <laughs> I've been itching to shatter our friendship. No after question. After you guys were talking about that, after oh, the, it was so the finale. dude, freaking good. A I, work of art. I really think her character was the best thing about that series. We're talking Samurai Jack season. Five oh yeah, I guess it's worth clarifying. Yeah, yeah, for those who don't know, but Ashi was 
amazing. And the thing I keep coming back to is her, like, Aku form. Yeah. She's sort of subsumed by his power. And she's got that lanky, flowing sort of walk, you know, the weird limbs that bend in any direction. She was terrifying. Those blank eyes. Yeah. Oh, God, it was such it a great design. It reminded me of that... Uh there was a game on Xbox, The Suffering. Yes, yeah, that? the um, the like the Shiv demons, yes, and their legs were blades, legs yeah, were swords, and they just like stilt along after you, you hear them scraping. Like, ding, 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 yeah, because yeah. they were running after you, oh, like so sparks good. flying and shit. I wasn't a huge fan of like the game, but the design of it was incredible. Right, the idea behind it was cool. Yeah. It got pretty old pretty quick, yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly. A little stale, but worth remembering. Have you uh, seen the fifth season of Samurai Jack, there, Mike? I haven't, and I feel terrible saying that because I have the box set of the first, you know, the first series, and I just I never got to see it yet. So I, I will watch it for sure. You know, I oh, love yeah. that. But. Yeah, well, they yeah keep, make the uh, time because it's definitely worth. Oh yeah, it. mine's they, sitting on my DVR, just waiting. I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. They they um have been doing marathons of it since it finished, really? like playing them okay, on and on Adult Swim. But you can also get on their website, and they're, they're all there to watch for free. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're really cool about that. Yeah, so. I'll uh, watch it. Strongly recommend it. And you'll love Ashi just as much as we do. (laughs) She's the one that, when they were training and when they first showed the daughters, that she kind of didn't make it and then she ended up climbing up the the hill or the cliff. Uh, Yeah, she was the one with the ladybug. Yeah, she dared to look outside and then they beat the piss out of her. Yeah, that's right. Which, I mean, we've all been there, right? They do, like, strip her naked and, like, throw her into a pit of hot coals or something. Then you're like, oh, "Oh, wow, they've been wearing nothing this whole time. They're just horribly disfigured. (laughs) Every night for me. What's that? That's every night. (laughs) Every night? Naked in coals. Yep. Keeps you tough. <laughs> makes you strong. Maybe invest in a sort of mattress. <laughs> yeah, right. hey, you seen this memory idea. foam there, Penland? It's much better than I've heard cold. stories. <laughs> All right, guys. What do we? Uh, any other uh, females we want to mention from the? I think I've hit my favorite film? so far. I know this is a thing that as soon as we're done, I'm just going to be like, oh, it's going to flood, flood you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll flood in. Yeah, for sure. But very cool. What about you, Mike? Any other ones? I had Mystique on there. Oh, oh man! Cool. Yeah. Wait, she's a villain. She counts. <gasps> yeah, she counts. She does. Because in her time, and, and not just in the movies, even in the comics, she uh, is a hero yeah. at certain points. Yeah. You know, the uh, the hero and villain area is very gray in the X Men universe, yeah. which I like. I do too. Shades There's a gray. great volume uh, that features her in it a lot. That called X Men Supernovas, and it's also got some of the best artists, Chris Pachalo and uh, and uh, uh, Ramos do the art for this book and it's it's a great volume and she's she flip-flops in there a lot you know because she just that's just how she is throughout the whole thing you know it's uh she's good but she's bad you know she doesn't know what to do so she's always cool because I, I i like seeing her wrestle with that and you got to give her credit for being herself you know the fact that she wrestles with these things she's not easily controlled you know right. she's she's following her own compass for good or ill Yep. Now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen Mystique in comic form in years. Like, since the uh, movies have come out and kind of changed the way she looked. I just kind of remember her in the comics as blue-skinned with, like, a white dress. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. like, a gem kind of thing on her forehead. And she had, like, skulls on her belt or something. Yes. Like that. Yeah. So it has... Does anyone here know, has her appearance changed since the, since the movies came out? Not that I know. I haven't seen her around either. Yeah, that's the last uh, that I've seen her looking just like you guys explained I'll have to look into that I'm very yeah. curious to see what she's looking like nowadays because uh, it's been a long time hopefully not blue and naked because I hated that whole thing 
Yeah, it's, uh, I get it why they did it because then she could change into anything and be wearing clothes or we whatever. We got Rebecca Romaine. Let's get yeah, her naked and yeah. blue. Yeah, <laughs> but there was some something kind of uncomfortable about it at the same time, mm-hmm. I guess. But especially if you're like watching it with your sister or something, for God's <laughs> sake. So like, yeah, it's cool. Oh God, just move on to the next scene, please. <laughs> yeah, I like how they did uh, in the with Jennifer Lawrence. Kind, of, I wasn't huge on her mystique, but just how. They kept her in like just her normal sure, form. Yeah. She wasn't always in blue. I wasn't. I'm not huge on her as like an actress. I liked her at first, but I don't know. She, we got too much of the same type of role out of her. Yeah, strong female. Which, uh, like, to her leader. credit, you know, she puts in a good performance. Oh, yeah. I'm glad she's getting work. I don't wish ill on any no, particular no, no, actor. Not, That's a hard yeah. thing to do, but. It's like overexposure, which isn't necessarily her fault. I mean, if steady work's coming in, you take, take the it. work. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like she isn't raking in awards or wasn't right. raking in awards. Uh, she is a good actress, I think. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy her roles, but yeah, it's just too much. Too much. Of, uh, All at once. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's just... And it's just the Hunger Games, I think, is what yeah, really nailed yeah. it home along with the roles in, in X-Men. You know, it's really just those two franchises, I think, that have done it, but there's so freaking many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, good one, though. All right, uh, let's just move it right along here. Uh, but before we do, society6.com forward slash pod, where you can get some of them tasty T-shirts that we've been blasting. Good stuff. Uh, on our social media there. This past Saturday was, what was it, Jack? Podcast, Podcast T-shirt day. Podcast T-shirt day, yeah. That's right. When you texted me that, I thought you were bullshitting. And no, I no. laughed at you until <laughs> wow, I got Wow, that's weirdly specific. <laughs> And saw it was real. Yep. I couldn't believe it. So um, I don't think we had a sale that day. Nope. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Hugh Jackman was wearing one, though, which was kind of cool. That's got to count for something. Hugh Jackman was wearing all oh, yeah. shirts. Oh, oh, Huey there, yeah. I guess people are just willing to let them suffer behind their cages and abandon their backyards. No. These poor T-shirts. Adopt these T-shirts. No they, one they wants to be home, an angel. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got a little out of hand with that. I loved it. It was, it was fun. Great. It was definitely fun. Not only t-shirts, it's hot outside. There's tank tops and biker tank oh, tops. Shit. Oh, shit. I got a bike, but I don't have a biker, ta- biker tank Those top. are actually kind of cool looking. Do you live your life at 80 miles only. per hour? <laughs> <laughs> so does Gander. Go rock climbing with Gander <laughs> on your chest. What else we got on there, Jack? Uh, curtains. Have you seen the curtains have changed? <laughs> no. What it's actually the can on each side now. Okay. Sweet. It's not a so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I would look, just one, just one person to buy our stupid They're smiling expensive. faces. Have you seen how expensive those yeah. things are? It's 119 oh, bucks for a two-panel <laughs> curtains. Yeah. I would go out of my way. I would record like a series of podcasts dedicated to that one person. <laughs> you are a champion. Just for making that purchase. I stand by that too. Actually, I'll say that right here, right now. We will record five podcasts on the topic of your choice. Anything you want. Pick five topics. Who cares? Yeah. If you buy them curtains. We'll do a whole show on irritable bowel syndrome. It's up to you. <laughs> I've got a lot for that one. <laughs> I think we're all pretty experienced. So is that worth the $120 price tag? Yes. You think? Yeah. I think now it's worth people's Even money. Even if you get one of those 20% oh, off so. deals that come around quite a bit. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just came off one, what, yesterday? Mm, on, yeah. Yeah. So. How about we sweeten the pot a little? How about win a date with Jake right hey, Oh, what? boy. 
20-something heartthrob co-host of the Canned Air podcast, Jake Runyon, who has a girlfriend right now, so that's actually not an option. I'm so used to making that joke. Uh, she doesn't listen to the show, does she? I'm sorry. Oh, really? Religiously. So, you're in trouble. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Sorry, guys, I can't hang out with you anymore. <laughs> anyway, now that I don't have my legs. I'm okay, well, the date with Jake's off the table, but the five podcast themed around whatever you want. I stand by that. We will do that yeah. for you if you buy those curtains. So just let us know. All right. <laughs> let's get past that bullshit. That got weird. Society6.com forward slash Candor Pop. All right. Let's swing open the door to the comic vault. There it is. There it is. What do we... Uh, oh, my we God. He's having a stroke. start this week? I'll Jack's start. coming back yeah. from a vacation. How was your vacation, by the way? Oh, relaxing. Last two weeks off. We've had Kyle here filling mm-hmm. the filling the void. I didn't hear him very much on the show. <laughs> he was kind of quiet, a little quiet. That's all right, though. It's intimidating. It takes a little yeah. bit to get used to the sound of your own voice, right? It's like when we first started doing it, it was mostly nothing. When we, were... we had to edit out all the racial slurs he kept using as the problem. <laughs> so He's by the mouth. end. He's got a yeah, those early episodes, though. Yeah, I didn't pull those first 24 uh, episodes for him. For no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jack, why don't you go ahead and go. So for the free comic book day, Guardians issue has a uh, sneak peek into the Defenders that's going to be coming out here in a few months on Netflix. Also, it's a sneak peek to the actual, like, TV series. I don't know, but it kind of, if you watch Luke Cage, it kind of makes sense. Because you kind of know who the characters are. Uh, Guy comes walking into Jessica Jones' office saying, I need help. Did you hear what happened the other day at my club? And she's like, no, what? Well, they blew it up. And it flashes back to the club the night before. That's a bummer. Where there's a bunch of people in the club, and it's like a big team member meeting. That there's a couple gangsters standing there talking, and sitting there trying to pitch to them, you know, we can hook you up with drugs, this and that. We'll be able to make tons of money now that Wilson Fist has gone mainstream. And all you guys have to do is, you know, work with us, and we'll help you out. Next thing you know, car comes flying through the wall. And there's Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil saying, oh, yeah. you know, anytime you guys start t- thinking about doing all this kind of stuff, just remember, we'll be standing right here throwing windows or cars through your window. <laughs> <laughs> so then it flashes back to Jessica Jones. Oh, there's a big battle that happens. Flashes back to the office, and she's like, well, I don't know what, you're, what you want me to do. And he's like, well, you know, your husband, because I guess she ends up marrying Luke, Luke Cage, which I didn't know about, but it makes sense because... They were getting it on quite a bit. They were banging show. quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like three quarters of the show. <laughs> it really was. It went through quite a few beds. But he's like, yeah, you know, just none of you are all getting the message. And she's like, what are you talking about? Meanwhile, at the same time in different parts of the city, there's a hit out on each one of them. And each one of them gets blown up. And he's like, you can tell your husband to stay away and the rest of them or else you're all going to die. Shoots her right through the stomach. And he says, no, you don't even know who I am. And he drops a bunch of diamonds, and he's like, Diamondbacks, baby. And that was the main villain from the Luke Cage show. (laughs) (laughs) Diamondbacks, baby. Put that on a t-shirt. He was a hardcore gangster in Luke Cage. I think they, they changed him quite a bit from the... Like comic source material, but hmm. now he's just a thug gangsta. I need to uh, get into Luke Cage. I've heard it's good. I just haven't watched any of it. It was really slow. Slow going? Yeah. It's kind of cool when they show the original look of Luke Cage wearing the yellow shirt, big afro, and chains around his wrists. It was kind of cool seeing really? that. Really? Yeah. It just seems like a show that yields a lot of like blank concerned stares. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> anyway. 
Very cool. Yeah. The Defenders. Uh, Mike, would you like to go next? Sure. Real quick, though, side note. Have you guys seen the uh, the Luke Cage comic uh, illustrated by Gendy Tarakowski from Samurai Jack what? fame? No. Um, no. Yeah, he did a series, like, recently. So if you guys like that oh, style, shit. check it out. It's awesome. Is it, a, uh, is it like, a number one that just came out? No, it's, I think it's probably on, like, number four or five. But you can still get the series. You know, it's not, like super back issued or anything they're still printing it i wonder i was just at the comic book store the other day they had uh you know how they hand out those promo posters yeah i got picked up a luke cage one of a newer series so i wonder if that was it but i don't it didn't look that style of art yeah you'll recognize the art right away because it's super it's super gandy you know it's, it's right. awesome <laughs> that's a good thing so super gandy is going to be the name of my band when i finally make it <laughs> nice. i'm gonna have to look at that that's got to be amazing be cool luke cage and that kind of art mm-hmm. you so, know he animated an intro for uh what was really kind of a piece of shit movie but if you ever seen priest it's about uh, no, paul bettany fighting that, vampires though. it's pretty missable and yeah. paul bettany i like a lot more than most of the movies he's in but the intro sequence explaining the history of the setting and stuff is animated by Gendy Tartakovsky, and it is just cool as hell. You I should just remember, watch the I've first five that. minutes and then stop yeah. it right there. He'd be cool to do a, like an intro to a James Bond movie. Oh, man. Too, like, That'd be wild. You know, when you're getting the, the title songs and yeah, yeah. on with all the silhouettes and whatnot. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, Mike. Go right ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, that's totally cool. So, anyways, so the book I, I chose here is uh, Shiver Bureau by Walter Osley. And um, I'll just kind of run you through the first issue here. You can get it as a full bound hardcover, but, uh, you know, collecting a bunch of issues. But I'll just go through the first one. So the book opens up. uh, You're on an airship flying in and there's some people talking and they're headed to London. And um, all of a sudden, this big ghoulish monster comes out of the sky and attacks the ship. This is where you figure out that this is one of these so-called shivers, which is basically... Uh like a spirit trapped in our plane of existence, but it draws them like monsters. They're really cool. So anyways, the hooded figure unveils himself, and it ends up being Inspector Pickle, which is the main character of the book. Um, And he's what's called an inspector, one of the only people that can uh, dispatch these ghouls. So they get into a big battle, and uh, it looks like he's in pretty big trouble, and he gets saved by somebody blasting this thing over his shoulder. And ends up being one of the other agents uh, or inspectors that's currently in London waiting for his arrival. This girl's name is Trish, and that becomes his sidekick eventually in the comic. They take off, and they uh, end up going to some heavily guarded mansion, which is kind of their base of these agents. And uh, he's there to meet up with his liaison and friend, Ethan. Um, So they go into there, and they're talking, and it ends up falling real sick so he's he finds him like on his deathbed and um ultimately uh ethan dies but before he does he tells him that the bureau is corrupt and he needs to solve this mystery so that's kind of how the series opens uh but the art and the colors and you know just it's just amazing the guy's work is just incredible so yeah check out shiver bureau did you say Inspector Pickle? Pickle, yeah. He's, got a giant <laughs> he's a real slick-looking character, you know, thin and, and lanky, but, yeah, he's got this giant nose, so I can't it's just kind of a fitting name. <laughs> I just, like, uh, I I hear in my head, like, Inspector Pickle! We're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's a slick book, though. It's really cool, man. The guy does a real good job. He does it all by himself, so I got a lot of respect for that. 
Awesome. Yeah, if, if you have a link or anything you wouldn't mind shooting our way, I'd love to take a look at it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I will. I will. You can find it on his site, and he's got some of his work up there, but it's very unique stuff, cool stuff. Cool. I can't wait to look at it. You know, talking about Inspector Pickle, there's something I just love about a badass character with a ridiculous name. <laughs> like, right. unironically. It's yeah. just one that always comes to mind, not that I'm some huge fan of this movie, but was it Lilo and Stitch? There's that one, like, FBI agent. His name was Cobra Bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that name fucking rules. I've never seen that. I've heard it's Neither a good it's, I saw it when I was young, and, you know, I mean, it's it a good? Disney movie. Yeah, it was cool, but I mean, it's not going to change your life or anything. It's just... Well, Disney movies are good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But what if there weren't any? Oh, oh yeah. We'll have to tease at that, too. Indeed. Coming up here in a few episodes. Uh, I'll touch on it at the end of the episode. Just remember me. <laughs> I'll go next, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm holding Lonesomes in my hand here, which is, I think we've we've all described this at some point as totally relatable. Yeah. Here you've got this main character. You know, he's a young kid. He's quiet. He doesn't get out much. Plays in the yard alone. Um, outwardly appears like he has no interests or hobbies, but the way he puts it, they're just not things he wants or can do with other people. Wants to do or can do with other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's got this dark hair with the dramatic swoop on the side. It's longer in the front. And it, you look at him and you instantly think like, oh man, I remember being that kid. Yeah. You know, bored in school, waiting for the day to end, pestered by your family for this, that, and the other thing. His sister, who's a pretty excellent character, actually makes him a wheel of hobbies that he is supposed mm. to spin whenever he's bored in an effort to get him to do something. And this this kid's particular breed of loneliness, not necessarily conjures or calls into being, but summons in a way this creature. looks a bit like a wolf or a dog covered in foliage. He's got, like armored branch feet and uh, trails of leaves and vines and some kind of glyph-like symbol on his forehead. It's, it's, it's like this being knows that he needs a friend. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be a continuing premise throughout the series. I'm just one and a half issue deep here. But, uh, but right. what a fantastic concept that we all could have mm-hmm. used when we were younger. I think it speaks to that part of you that gets enraptured with like Pokemon and things like that when you're a kid. Because isn't that every child's dream, you know, to go on an adventure with magical yeah. friends? And yeah. here it is, sort of in, in a way that's accessible. To I do them. that every week. Right. <laughs> oh, look at this cool guy. Friendship. Oh, let's all cut and share a hug really quick. Um, no, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, man, I totally got derailed now. I have no idea what the rest of my thoughts. But I think it's it's interesting because tonally it feels like it's it's made not to speak to those kids, but the adults those kids have become. And there's such a genuineness of spirit behind it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait to read more. Can't wait. Can't wait to read more. <laughs> I can't wait. You got y'all tongue tied, emotional. I know. I'm I'm tearing up a little bit because I love you guys. You know. <laughs> oh man, the love in here is getting to be yeah. too much. It's, it's, Come on, jump it's too heavy. It's hot in here. <laughs> to defend a straight. <laughs> no, these were great books, and Ryan Little's uh, been a topic, uh, a reoccurring topic of the on the show yeah, the last yeah. like three weeks, but. Uh, with good reason. Absolutely. Uh, and these books were awesome. Yeah, the very much in the vein of, like, Pokemon, collectible monster kind of stuff. But these, like Jake was saying, monsters are very kind of fitted to, like, your type of loneliness. So yeah. no one's going to really see the same animal twice. So what would your guys' animal look like? I'm thinking something spider-like. 
sort of arachnoid. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm seeing like a central body with long, thin limbs. Jack? Something big and armored, bearish, I guess. Big armored bear. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Take a bulldog. Nice. Right, there you go. <laughs> Classic. Hey, you got two bulldogs. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, that's cheating. <laughs> I think I'd probably, uh, mine would probably look like that worm Jerry from Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Nail on the head right there, I think, is what. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Lonesomes. That was, a, that was a good book, and you can yeah. follow him on Twitter at Mr. Ryan Comics. Glad to have read it. Yeah. All right, um, my book this week is uh, something I just dug out of my long box of uh, old books that I got out of the Pack Rats basement for 50 bucks, and it's just a book of uh, Spider-Man classics, and since we are about, to, what, we're about three, four weeks away from Spider-Man Homecoming coming out. Oh my out. God, it is, huh? Yeah, it's coming right up. Um, I'm mean, so excited to see it. I'm a little concerned with the amount of Iron Man in it, but <laughs> more than anything, to see Michael Keaton as Vulture. Yeah. Oh, he, he's going to kick ass. Michael Keaton is the shit, and <laughs> yeah. um, I think he's just going to nail it. I'm curious to see what they do with the Vulture if he's like really after like the because it wasn't his thing like to steal the youth from Through people youth, yeah. to make himself youthful. Um, so anyway, I dug out the Spider-Man classics, and this is an old issue. This is a Stan Lee and Steve uh, Ditko issue. Oh. These are the best comics in my mind, and I'm not alone thinking that these are classics for a reason. You know, everyone... These set the bar, I guess. They're great comics with a ton of dialogue. A lot of comics nowadays are just such quick reads. Yeah. You sit down, and you blow through it, and you're like, I paid four bucks for this. I mean, look at look at this right here. Look at the spreads. They're all like this. A ton of reading, a lot of background of the character and the situation. Dense, but, but like not in a negative way. It's it's full. Right. Know? So this must be pretty early toward the Vulture's career. And I, I wasn't able to determine whether or not this was the first time Spider-Man encountered the Vulture. But uh, it starts with... I'm sorry, Jake. I'll let you look at that ad. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw something from my childhood. It took me back. It starts with uh, just a normal scene. People walking down the street on their way to work, and you see a silhouette of a big bird on the street coming down, and it's the vulture. He swoops down, grabs a guy's briefcase, and takes off into the sky. And, uh, you know, next it shows J. Jordan Jameson publishing, and he's uh, writing the next story on this crime wave from this uh, guy who's apparently flying out of the sky that they've dubbed the Vulture. So uh, Spider-Man's keeping his eye out for him, and luckily uh, stumbles across him and has a run-in with him. Vulture is pretty uh, egotistical. He's pretty high on his n- newfound power. He's he's getting off on the fact that he's gotten away with all these you know quick like nab-and-run kind of crimes and now that he's fighting Spider-Man but he doesn't want Spider-Man to put it into his fun so on a rooftop he picks him up throws him in like a what are those big like barrel like water things on the top of buildings just like a like water tank water barrel, the water tanks water what are tower? they called water tower the water towers on yeah. the top of the building tower. yeah he throws him in one of those and locks him in and Spider-Man obviously makes short work of it but uh, he had run out of webbing so he was realizing I'm going into battle underprepared you know and he kind of was getting a feel for the Vulture's suit, like while he was fighting him, like seeing how it works and whatnot, and derived that it works on some kind of uh, magnetic 
pole or polarity or something. Mm. I'm no scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Neither was Stanley. Neither was Stanley. But Vulture's like getting so arrogant with his crimes. He's like, you know what? I'm going to steal these million dollar diamonds they're transporting through town. And to even make it better, I'm going to let them know I'm going to do it and still steal them from under their nose. So he uh, throws a rock through the newspaper window saying he's going to rob these jewels from out from under their nose. And while the gems are being walked from the truck to the building, everyone's watching the skies. And as they walk, walk over a manhole cover, it springs open. And Vulture just reaches up and grabs it and ducks back down to the channel, which was pretty clever. You expect him to come from the air. But um, so Spider-Man sees him, chases him down, and uses this little device that cancels out that magnetic uh, polarity or whatever it was and sends him falling to the ground where the police commandeer him. It was a fun read. Um, You can't go wrong with those old Spider-Man comics. And it just has me even much, that much more excited for Homecoming. So cool. I'm glad in Homecoming he's not wearing a winged pair of green onesie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that awesome suit with, like, the turbo fan yeah. engines. What yeah, I love about awesome. the suit is it looks like a, like an old beat-up bomber, bomber jacket. jacket. Yeah, but it yeah. has, like, that vulture, like, fur yeah. shit up oh. around his neck. Oh, so it cool. looks cool. Good and it design. looks like he's got even big, like, metallic talons. Like, yeah. talons. Yeah, so yeah, that'll be good. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just move right into Real World Heroes. Jack, what do we have this week? Well, we don't have a name because it was a mystery hero. Anonymous Uh-oh. hero. Yeah, but it's in London. I think it was last night or yesterday. There's a big terrorist attack. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. And... During the terrorist attack, uh, an unnamed person used her body to block the door of a restaurant that people were inside. I guess the terrorists were running around trying to get into there, but she pushed herself against the the doors so they couldn't get in, which let people inside get out the backside. There's no word on who who it was or what happened to her, but they uh, uh, eyewitness said that that they think that she got trampled on as they did break in. But. She probably helped a lot of people not get hurt. Man, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, just this, the world's getting nuts. Yeah. Sad, man. And that really. stuff happens all over the place. I mean, we had one of those attacks happen less than, what, five minutes from here? It happened on campus. Oh, yeah, the campus one. Well, right, the school right. that you went to had that shooter. Well, oh, that was a, I mean, that, yeah, my high school had a, uh, had a shooting in it. I mean, that wasn't a terrorist. Uh, in this I mean, past year, no. But what I was referring it, to was the, the same kind of thing that happened in London, downtown on Ohio State campus. Yeah, that dude that, running around swinging a machete at people. Yeah, he just drove his car, like, right into a crowd of people and got out and tried to start stabbing him with yeah. that machete and the cops shot him. It's just nuts what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Too and many assholes. for? It's so senseless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but man, there's so, you know people like that stay behind, hold the door to make. And who knows if you know this person's okay or not? They yeah. could have lost their life in that horrible uh, event. But how mm-hmm. many lives she saved in the process? So, man, our hat goes off to you and all the uh, other heroes of uh, that horrible attack. Yeah, and you know they're always going to be assholes. But it only takes one person of that caliber to like block the door with her body to. Yeah, potentially sacrifice herself in that mm-hmm. way. She's worth more than yeah a thousand such terrorists or attackers could ever. Hope they always to be. said when I was in the military, "Don't be a hero," because heroes usually don't survive. 
Uh, I don't know how to respond to that one. I mean, <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to think I would. I could. Uh, I don't know. Like if uh, I was standing near the like train tracks, saying there's a little kid standing on the tracks with a train coming. I would like to think I would try to run and yeah. push the kid off and try and to a, save my own ass, but yeah. at the risk of knowing I could be killed. In a perfectly safe, hypothetical situation where I know I succeed, I know <laughs> for a fact I would try to save somebody. <laughs> but if I'm I just, not making fun of you. I'm no, I, I just feel like I would be pushed toward that rather sure. than knowing that I would go in the rest of my life just standing there watching a child get smushed by a train. You'd never sleep well again. No, never. But... Man, this got dark quick. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> again, to all those uh, heroes in that uh, horrible attack, our hats go off to you, and uh, our thoughts are with uh, all the victims and their families. My God. That was in London, right? Yeah. Uh, I still haven't had time to really like sit and read up on the details. So I haven't I feel much a little either, but that but... was like one of the main things that popped up when I was doing a search for it. Right. I, don't, I feel tacky doing the Hall of Justice thing here, so <laughs> we'll just skip it this time and say good on all of you. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Mike Bloom and talk more about Italiano running on Kickstarter till June 30th. Thanks again for being with us, Mike. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And a big congrats to you, man. Your Kickstarter's been up, what, maybe four days now? You're over halfway, halfway to your there. goal. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, Clearly kicking ass. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, ro- a roller coaster ride of emotions so far, and I got a long <laughs> way to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost there, though. So, uh, First off, let's just open you telling our listeners a little bit about Italiano. Okay, so Italiano is the story of these four mob families um, that are are basically fighting for control of Capital City. And there's a mayor that obviously is trying to shut them all down. So it's basically five main crews. You know, the mayor and his, uh, what I call the mob squad, which is this, you know, ragtag group of, uh, of basically dirty cops that he is allowing to do whatever they want to try to shut down the crime families. And uh, then these four bosses uh, on the north, south, east, and west side of the city, all fighting for for power. And when I first started out with this series, you know, I was young, I was 20, and I was making characters. And really, I just I designed this thing to uh, to you know make myself happy. You know, like I did what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to have you know a cliche mobster comics so i started designing like really off the wall characters so that's why i kind of say like you know it's it's sopranos meets adult swim or rick and morty or something along those lines because there's a lot of humor and a lot of foul language and crude things and just you know stuff that'll keep you entertained past the brutal action of it so um it's definitely different and and i think my you know the way the way i've uh done things with visual style is definitely unique as well so, I mean, that's kind of the, the rundown of, of what you're getting there. Yeah, well, it's definitely a uh, awesome comic. It's beautiful. I mean, the, the artwork is, uh, how would you describe it? I mean, very abstract, yep. very hard, uh, hard edge, but uh, very colorful and very pleasing to the eye. It's almost and, got kind of a sort of a like a Jonan Vasquez splatterpunk yeah, kind it does, of hardness it? to it, which I really appreciate. It really does. That's good. I like that. 
And uh, the the humor of it, and just like some of the language in it. I mean, for those people who love Adult Swim, <laughs> you're gonna love this. This should be on Adult Swim, probably. You would think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the goal, eventually, you know. <laughs> but one thing that was uh, really intriguing when watching your Kickstarter video is just the fact you just mentioned you started this at 20, and yeah. uh, you said in your video you've been working on this for 15 years, which would put you right at my same age. So. Yeah, I'm 36 <laughs> but, uh, right now, so, yeah. That's so crazy. So over this time, you've I must imagine you've amassed such a huge world. 15 years, I mean, where did the yeah. inspiration first strike for this? Well, you know, okay, so, you know, I always wanted to be a comic book artist. So I'll just be honest with you guys. Like, honestly, I can say at seven years old, I did my first full-length comic with my own characters. Like, I've always wanted to do this, but... You know, coming out of high school, I also wanted to, like, get my own place and, like, actually, like, make a living. So I ended up getting, you know, I, I started this when I was 20, but then I ended up getting sidetracked into a business career. And, you know, things just kind of got put on the side. So I would work on it in my free time and, you know, just keep designing characters. Because, honestly, that to, to me, the most fun part is, is creating the characters, you know, coming up with right. the names, the backstory, the goofiness of them. Every time I do a character, if there's not something that's absolutely disgusting, absolutely hilarious, or super crazy cool, I, I don't even finish it, you know? So I always have to have some, something that separates them from the average. I, I don't want to do any of the filler. So, you know, it's taken me a long time, but yeah, you're right. I've amassed like over 200 characters in this. You know, there's no filler characters. Everybody's got a place in it, and uh, even, even down to like the... You know the NPC style shop owners and stuff. I've got them all done. So wow, uh, wow, it's awesome, man. Yeah, I just can't wait to just start building on the world. So you know the cool thing is because I've waited this long to actually present it to people. Um, I think I've boiled down my craft pretty well. Um, you know my art has gotten to a point where I'm proud of it. There's uh, my storytelling has gotten to a point where I'm proud of it. Uh, I've I've made the product you know something very unique uh so that is all great you know the downfall of waiting this long is i haven't been getting anything out there in the meantime i've just kind of been hiding under a rock so i knew this uh, kickstarter would be a challenge because unlike most people that have been drawing comics for this long i haven't been going to conventions and showing my stuff and putting myself out there until the last few years you know so well, I, I don't know. I'd say it's, you probably did the right thing in waiting because you know if you put yourself out there prematurely, if you put yourself out there without being comfortable with your own work, that shows through in your work, I think. And you know, perception is everything when you're trying to make an impression on somebody. So you know, waiting till you feel it's the best it can be and you're comfortable with it, that's you know, that's the right time to go you out. You can't I think. put too great a value on confidence. No, you really can't, and you have to be confident in what you're selling. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's. So that's awesome. I've I've got a uh, like a little universe I've been building in my head for uh, years now, but nowhere near as long or as detailed <laughs> as yours. Mine infringes on quite a few copyrights. <laughs> but it would be cool to see it made in, uh, someday. And for someone to out there be actually scooping that out of their brain and putting it down on uh, paper, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Now, uh, this Kickstarter, uh, again, running till June 30th, I was really surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised rather to see that one of the rewards was an ios game there's going to be an ios game. oh yeah i saw that that's right well let me yeah let me let me backtrack a little bit what 
what happened with me is, you know, coming into this, I had sat Italian on the shelf for a while and I had just been working on it in my free time because I just like to draw and create, but I hadn't really taken it seriously. So this game's actually already out. Um, and this came out before I got back into the comic and my brother and I decided, hey, we're going to try to make this thing into a game. Well, this was a lot harder than we ventured out thinking it would be. And uh, we ended up finally after three years getting this thing live. And, um, you know, that's like an eternity. So it was hard. And that's kind of what got me rejuvenated because, you know, we made a card battle game. That's what it is. And, um, you know, along the lines of creating this thing, we had to keep, you know, coming up with characters. I had to keep doing more story and, and just get this thing into a, a robust world for the game. By the time I was done with that and got the game launched, I was so invigorated with the series again. I'm like, I got to do what I really wanted to do and make this thing into a comic. So then I immediately picked up and been working on that for the last year and a half or so, you know. Wow. That's really cool. I, I'm, we're sitting here like desperately searching our phones now, like <laughs> wanting to play it. I didn't realize it was out already. I'm yeah, gonna... it's been out for a while, and it, it needs some updates. You, you'll even see in there that the art isn't up to the snuff of what I'm doing now because it's you know it's going on years old. But uh, but it's still a solid game. It's fun to play. Sure, sure. Jake, you were about yeah, to say Yeah, I'm going to take this moment to say, as an Italian man, I'm genetically required both to tell you that I'm Italian <laughs> and <laughs> to say that I love all things concerning mobs mob warfare mob lifestyle and any depiction of the italians as horrible ghoulish or violent because nothing's too far from the truth there i'm thinking these are some pretty realistic depictions of uh italian people's attitudes toward one another so i love it it's got my seal of approval for what that for what little that's worth from a bona fide italian yeah So what are some of the other uh, rewards that you're offering to uh, backers on your Kickstarter? Well, okay, so I'm doing uh, the book, you know, which I'm going to do it a little bit different than most people. You know, I figured since I had so much ready to go and I like to have these long action scenes and I like to make sure that there is robust dialogue and, you know, it's but I like to have a lot of eye candy instead of like choosing between the two. I just made them longer. So every issue is going to be 48 pages. So the main book is 48 pages and it's a, it's a glue bound soft cover, like a mini train. So there's not going to be saddle stitch comics coming out of this series. However, there are going to be saddle stitched lore books. So one of the other uh, rewards I'm, I'm, I've gotten the tears is basically a backstory and lore book. I've got so many characters that to, to explain them all just, based on the dialogue of the comic is going to be next to impossible so with every kickstarter because uh, i plan on releasing the entire series through kickstarter first every issue will launch through there first and i will do a either a backstory book like i'm doing this time i'm calling it italiano case files and i'm bringing it uh, to you as as you know from the view of like the police um you know going over the characters of what they know they're into and uh what role they serve inside each family and so that'll be another 28-page book of just character, backstory, and art. Um, on top of that, I'm doing some prints. I'm doing mini prints on holographic stock, so they should look pretty cool. And um, I'm also doing a whole city poster that's really cool. It's, you know, wow. I, when I did the game, I had to come up with these regions that you go into to fight different, you know, bosses. 
So I've got 24 of these really ultra detailed cityscape, you know, like in a very cartoony style that I put together into the entire city. And I've got that poster up there too. So that's pretty cool. Lots um, of cool things on there. That's awesome. It's almost like your, was it like your Silmarillion, you know, yeah, like Tolkien's yeah, got exactly. that. <laughs> that's cool, man. A lot of uh, rewards there for people to back and they can uh, go to italianocomic.com, correct? To uh, one, check out the comic or you can just head straight over to the Kickstarter. Uh, yep. We're going to have both of these linked on our website. What about social media handles? Um, I'm on Instagram at uh, Mike Bloom Draws. I'm on, uh, I've got, obviously you can look me up, Mike Bloom, uh, under Michael Bloom on, on Facebook or Mario Italiano, which you can reach, uh, face, you know, Facebook forward slash Italiano comic as well. And, uh, on Twitter, we are at Mario Italiano US. Mario Italiano US. All right. I was walking around at a con and I saw that table with that art style and the way the colors stand out uh-huh i'd be drawn right to it yeah I, I, easily again it's very pleasing to the eye just the uh like the color palette you decide to go with and just the i don't know I, i'd have to pull it back up but i feel like there was a like the shading was it's very it's well. got what from going to all these conventions Death, I is what i was getting to sorry it's all right i've come to think of as the htfu effect the hold the fuck up like you're in the <laughs> middle of being pushed through the crowd you're like wait I want to look at this. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, wow, that's awesome, man. Thanks. <laughs> I so, like that. I do too. Jake, you're, you're good. Oh you're yeah. Good guy. I do what I do. <laughs> that on a t-shirt, right? <laughs> yeah, right. He's a t-shirt making HTF machine. You. So, uh, you mentioned, uh, getting out to more conventions. Are you, uh, have, do you have any lined up for the near future here? Yeah. And, uh, well, the next one I'm going to do in August is going to be wizard world, Chicago. Oh, and Nice. There, so I've got a table lined up there already. So that will actually be the first appearance with this book printed. I want to go to that one. That would be cool. <laughs> what is that like a uh, seven-hour drive, eight-hour drive? Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's yeah. the end of August too. So yep. it's right is after it? Columbus. Oh, are you yeah. hint- hinting at me here? What? Uh, no, I'm just saying I want to go. Yeah, it's a it's a big show. It's always fun. Usually I'm there just spending money. This this time I'm going to be there trying to collect some. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be like to be on the other end of the transaction? All right. I, I it's crazy. Collecting is much harder than the spending. Uh-huh. But, uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We've had a lot of fun. And, again, we're going to be linking you in all of our social media and on the website. And uh, you mentioned that these future issues are going to be coming out on uh, Kickstarter as well. Hit us up. We'll get you back on the show. Not that you need our help. It looks like you're doing great. But uh, we will give you that little tiny bit of a Candare bump we can give. It's the (laughs) Candare nudge. The Candare nudge. There it is. Never, never say no. I'll, I'll <laughs> get in touch with you guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate it, man. Jack, what do we have on the website? If you go to cannedairpodcast.com, you can see show highlights and guest info. And there's a little box that you can leave a comment on it if you want to. Wow. No one usually does, but you can need to see. <laughs> you dust uh, off the cobwebs and leave your comment. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Holly Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out some of the YouTube videos. More to come on that. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. 
And don't forget to follow us on all our social networking and media and social everything else. Add social to the front of it. We've got it. Twitter at Canned Air Pod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. That is, that it is, Jake. And uh, yeah, like uh, we were mentioning earlier in the episode, uh, the Canned Arcade. Uh, I'm just now thinking we, we filmed the intros as Canned Air yeah. Arcade, okay. but we just did it for that one episode. Yeah, so we'll yeah, leave yeah. it at that. We'll put Canned Arcade. I love it. They I can only it. get better. It can only get better. That's right. That's right. So uh, keep an eye out for that coming really soon. I feel like there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Society6.com forward slash Pod. But just it's easier just to go to our website, click that merch button. Get yourself some tasty merch. Our, our commercial was a little sloppy. I feel that was my fault. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't prepare it. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collin. I'm Jack Dort. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Mike Blue. Thanks for listening, everyone. where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Canned Air Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Uh, our favorite heroines uh, throughout pop uh, pop culture. Boy, I really tripped up on that. <laughs> Let me start that again. Okay. Throughout what? <laughs> throughout Picasso. Pop tarts. <laughs> Let me start that again. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.